I'm Su-Lin Wong, host of The Prince, a new podcast series from The Economist. It's about China's leader, Xi Jinping. He's the most powerful man in the world, but he remains a mystery. His story is hidden behind a brutal censorship and propaganda machine. After 10 years in charge, it looks like he'll break convention to stay on, perhaps for the rest of his life. I'll tell the real story of China's leader, the lessons he learned from watching his parents lose everything and from rising through the ranks of a vicious regime. Now, he's using those lessons to control over a billion people. He's changed China, he's changed my life, and the decisions he makes affect us all. To understand what's next, you need to know where he came from. Listen to The Prince from The Economist, wherever you get your podcasts. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to Mile High Insider with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. And welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. It is Wednesday, October 5th, already here. That means it's time for an episode of Mile High Insiders. I am your host, as always, on these Wednesday evening shows. Well, most of the time, if I'm not outside doing something, uh, Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Luke Patterson. Luke, good evening to you. How you doing? Did you miss me last week? Yeah, man, of course I missed you. Anytime I can say I told you so, I love it. So uh, yeah. uh, you weren't there for it, unfortunately. But no, yeah, man, ha- welcome back to uh, to MHI. Just a quick one week trip in the woods it looked beautiful we were talking about that before the show but i'm exceptional man because thursday night football the third primetime game this year for the denver broncos in week five i mean that's insane all eyes are on denver all eyes are on russell wilson nathaniel hackett melvin gordon and this defense with a lot of expectations the colts are no joke man and we got to get into that a little bit later yeah no absolutely and i think i might as well officially say i I am most 99% off of the Melvin Gordon is a solid back uh, bandwagon because you just cannot have fumbles. It's like a quarterback who's good at everything, but he just is turning the ball over like crazy. Like it's the one thing you yep. can't do. So I know he's like a really high run success rate and he looks good most of the time when he has a ball in his hands. But if you're coughing up the ball with the margins the Broncos have right now, can't live with it. So I've definitely, you have been on the opposite end of me on the uh, Melvin Gordon banter. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and go ahead. go ahead. I was going to say the one thing I will say is that, Maybe we need to send them some good juju and good vibes going forward because the Broncos are going to need him. If this team is going to make the playoffs this year, it's because Melvin Gordon stops coughing up the football. Uh, it's not going to be Mike Boone. I'm sorry. It's not going to be Latavius Murray. Uh, so if this offensive run game is going what? to be. How do you I, know? How do you know it's not going to be them? What if Melvin Gordon fumbles again? We're going to get into that if, a little bit later yeah. later tonight. I want you to hang on to that. Let yeah. it simmer for a bit, and we will banter a little bit later. So we got to say hello to some yeah. of the folks in the chat. C. Chang was in here right away, very first folk in, saying, Go Broncos, let's win against the Colts. 
Nick, those damn Colts have somehow always had the Broncos number uh, with or without Peyton. Back to the Jake Plummer days, Brian Greasy. I mean, just I don't know what it is about Indy, but they seem to have Denver's number. Yeah. The Indy's a good team. They've been disciplined and they've been really good in the trenches uh, recently. And that's been an issue for Denver. And unfortunately, it looked like the at least to start this season, especially on the defensive side, uh, the Broncos kind of shored up some of the defensive trenches woes that they had up front. Alas, uh, the linebackers and uh, honestly, the second level too, but the linebackers especially had a horrible game against the Raiders and uh, gave up what 170 yards, 5.6 yards per carry to Josh yep. Jacobs. Derek Carr's out here running around looking like a more spry athlete than Russell Wilson. Uh, so it's uh yeah, it's going to be tough on this one. Luckily for the Broncos, this is a Colts team that also is uh, falling backwards. I mean, Quinn, Quinn Nelson has looked bad this season, like really not very good. I don't know if he's dealing with something. Left tackle's not good. So uh, we'll yeah. see. It's a battle of uh, two teams that have been massively disappointed so far and not exactly who we'd expect them to be. Well, and if you just look at it real quick, and we'll get to William here in just a second, I mean, you look at the Colts without Matt Ryan or with another quarterback, they're essentially the Denver Broncos from last year and seasons past. They're getting a new quarterback every year. They've got absolutely no identity, but they do have talent on that football team, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. Special teams is certainly in flux right now with their kicker situation and trying to acclimate and anytime there's turnover between a starting kicker and another starting kicker, there's an adjustment period. So Indy is a dangerous dog to me because they've got nothing to lose. Matt Ryan's been all but written off for the rest of his career, ever since super the super bowl with Atlanta and, and new England. And we all know how that went. The memes are still out there, but William Catalano coming in here saying, I'm actually curious to see if they bring Nick Benito in. He is faster off the edge, right? Matt Ryan is very, very slow. It could be interesting. Nick, speaking of Nick, what's going on with Benito? Why haven't we seen a, very much of this cat? His first, round, first pick in the second round of this last NFL draft, handpicked by George Payton and Broncos country scratching their head. Yeah, uh, Nick Benito at Oklahoma kind of played an interesting off-ball edge rusher hybrid position in that 3-3-5 uh, that Oklahoma liked to run out there. And speaking of Oklahoma, man, TCU putting them on them this week. Oklahoma not looking so good. But uh, I digress. Yeah, Nick Benito right now, and we saw it in preseason as well, and you just listened to the coaches talk about it. They do not trust him for anything in run defense, setting the edge, uh, being strong at the point of attack, holding his ground. He can pin his ears back and get after the quarterback on you know the speed rush move, but – it's there's a very small number of circumstances where you can do that without having to worry at all about the run game. And I know that Jonathan Taylor's out this week for Indy, uh, no doubt about that, but you got Philip Lindsay, mm. you got Naheem Hines and uh, still the makings of a solid Colts offensive line. And despite of what they've looked like this season. So the big issue with Nick Benito, they don't trust him in run defense. And he's like that bad out there in that aspect that he's not seeing the field. Mm, he's not seeing the field yet, but no, no injury is going to work out. I mean, people are even yeah. wondering, was that Malik Reed thing, the, the right trade to make and hindsight's 2020, right? So it's hard to ultimately say, but pass rusher is definitely on the to-do list for the Denver Broncos. If they can improve in any way, I would imagine George Payton is on the phones. Kevin Gray weighing in saying, good evening guys in Broncos country, Luke and Nick, I think slash hope they don't try to keep Russell Wilson in the pocket because he's better on the move. I absolutely agree, Kevin. To me, Russ looks unsettled out there, and I don't know why. I don't know if it's nerves. I don't know if it's him not liking the playbook. It's all speculation. I'm not hearing mm -hmm. anything. I have no clue. But 
I don't know if there's a little bit of dissension in that offensive line room, something we've hinted at and Lassie barked over and over or negative vibe. I don't know what's going on, but he doesn't seem comfortable. He doesn't seem as confident as he's usually played. What do you think of the comment from Kevin about staying in the pocket or staying on the move for Russell Wilson? Well, man, in uh, the pretty recent press conference from Nathaniel Hackett, they said that Russell Wilson's dealing with a shoulder injury that um, made him somewhat questionable uh, for the game coming up here. Now he's not listed as out for tomorrow night's game, but I think the fact that, and he probably suffered that shoulder injury when he was escaping the pocket, trying to make a play with his legs. That's the duality of a mobile quarterback. You know, you're going to have to live with those risks out there to play football (laughs) is a risk. Uh, But uh, unfortunately I think you're probably going to see even a, more pocket dependent Russell Wilson these next few weeks as the shoulder injury is going down. And we got T Martin coming in. What's up guys. Got a few other hellos in here. Kayleon green. How you doing? Kayleon? Always good to see a uh, bunch of people in here. Stu McPeak. Always good to Our see you. What, yeah. What's up, Stu? Hope you're doing well, man. Stay safe out there. Yeah. New pick from Stu. Hi all still supporting my Broncos. Absolutely. Dom coming in saying uh, good evening, Luke, Nick and Scott and Broncos country. Hopefully we can get that win tomorrow night. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. We'll uh, be getting into that game here pretty soon. And this is my first show since uh, watching this Broncos Raiders games last week, too. So I got plenty to say, plenty to talk about. Let's say some more people uh, say hello to some more people in here. Of course, uh, we got Tim B saying, woohoo, I did a chat. Um, pretty good. Good job, work, Tim. Tim. Uh, and he said, the team looks like a right-handed person trying to do everything with their left. Everything, Everything's there, but it's misdirected. Yeah, it's just disconjointed right now. Um, hmm. It does seem like the offense... I like that a lot. I guess I've never really thought about it that way. And I had someone tell me today, at least I couldn't believe I heard it. And I'm wondering, I'm not sure if I agree with it. So I'll just ask it, pose it to you and everybody else. They said, at least with Pat Shermer's offense, you could see what he at least wanted to do. He couldn't execute it or couldn't. It was, you know, completely irresponsible and reckless. But I thought about it and I'm like, we do have the pieces, but everything feels so sporadic, so random without any rhyme or reason. I mean, what do you subscribe to with what's going on with the Broncos off? Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. That's- I think it's a honestly, it's pretty simple. And I'm definitely a personnel guy over, you know, the scheme and whatnot. I thought I didn't think the play calling in this last game was horrific. The third quarter, you can we can debate it all day, but I thought it was better improved. It it could have been better, but the Broncos offensive line specifically in the run black run blocking aspect so far this year has been freaking dreadful, Uh, just painful to watch. And I don't want to, you know. I've talked with Graham Glasgow a few times. He was a good guy, but you know, running this outside zone scheme, he can't reach that level. Lloyd Cushenberry is just getting beat across his face constantly. Dalton Reisner. I know he had a good rookie season. He's the hometown kid. He's been bad out there. I mean, he just he's, has, yeah. 
Um, yeah, and then you got bulls reverting back to old habits. Yeah, and you know we're just trying to survive with Cam Fleming at right tackle. You know, going against Max Crosby or Chandler Jones. Yeah, that's an absolute nightmare. Uh, but then the Colts have a couple of guys. Maybe you've heard of them, Nick. Some guy named Quiddy Pay and Yannick Nguakwe. I probably butchered that. Uh, these guys, if you don't know their name, you're going to know them on Thursday night because these pass rushers are dominant. Uh, I know that this young cat from Michigan, right, Quiddy Pay, he's mm -hmm. still a little raw, but he's on the rise. And if there's ever a time to have a coming out party for a young pass rusher, it could be on primetime in Denver. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to keep talking about that Colts team here in a second. But first, I want to say hello to Kathy Lund. Good evening, fam. I just hope everyone's having fun. Everyone has fun. Yeah, absolutely. Seriously, no more injuries, too. Yeah, that's a big one. My heart breaks <laughs> for Javante Williams. He broke Dude. almost everything in his leg. I mean, okay. We'll see what happens with him, but like the last time I remember a knee getting that torn up for like ACL, MCL, and the PLC or PCL was a uh, for some reason Devonte Culpepper's knee in Miami comes to mind. So we'll see what uh, Javante Williams looks like after this. But tearing all three of those ligaments is, mm. I mean, I don't know what he's going to look like after this. To be completely honest, hope for the best. That's when into... I'm going to argue with you this spring or in winter into the draft about drafting a running back. Perhaps I don't know. That's it. They're a dime a dozen. I agree. Don't spend a premium draft pick on them but running back i mean they're already getting guys in and out right some new running back is in town some new orleans saint latavius murray is in the house very curious to see uh if he's just going to be kind of put on the burner for a little bit or if he's going to be thrown into the mix with mike boone and melvin gordon we'll definitely see and uh, we'll put a pin in that sup miguel coming in here saying sup fellas hope all is good i'll be at the game hope to make it four and oh lol nick uh yeah well have fun um and uh if you're a good uh omen then that would be great we also david's in the house david mickelrath always good to see david saying good evening broncos country nick luke and scott michaela parker too high family nice rocking that did demarius thomas jersey R.I.P. rattler baby. boom bobby robbie's coming in good what's up broncos country colin wood saying let's go Zeke out there in nebraska nebraska could certainly <laughs> use him i think they won this last week beating the indiana good for them uh, Nick D say no team is an easy win, especially the Colts. They're good for their circumstances. Just there's just a lot of mediocre teams right now. There's a lot of parody, and the that's what the NFL wants, man. Uh, yeah. more. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, look what Kansas City did to Tampa Bay. I mean, right when you think Kansas City maybe hit their ceiling, they're just scratching the surface of something entirely new. Uh, all of a sudden, they have a running game, <laughs> a little bit of a running game. I mean, what? That's kind of interesting, especially from an Andy Red, Andy Reid led offense. So. Yeah, man, I'm doing pretty horrible in the pick -em. I just wanted to throw that out there before anyone else started talking trash to me because I was doing great last year, but I'm doing pretty horrible. I think I'm like one in three right now for the Broncos. So we will save our predictions for the later in the show, and hopefully I can get back on track just like our Broncos. Yeah, absolutely. Money more coming in saying with this sham wow picture, I think there. Uh, Indy's good at everything we're not. Yeah, it's uh we're a little better at winning games so far, but we'll see how it plays out. Benjamin Flores, what's up, Nick? Stranger. I don't know if, are you the stranger to Benjamin Flores there, Luke? Or am I the stranger? Maybe it's because I've been gone for a bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're back. Um, Jesse all saying good evening, Nick and Luke in Broncos country. Let's ride. Hope everyone is doing well. We have to get it together tomorrow and pull out the dub and turn the tide. 100%. Uh, Luke, I don't want to make too much on this game, but on mm -hmm. out of like one out of 10, how much would you say this is a must-win game for the Broncos if they want to make the playoffs this season? This is just this is as close as it can be for me without being an absolute must. I'd say an eight. I mean, mm -hmm. this is an AFC opponent, uh, the AFC South. That's going to be all these divisions. It's so early to say you can't definitively say, I mean, Philly's got the lead right now, but look at that NFC East and historically how bad it's been some collapses of the, of mm -hmm. the leaders on the board, at least later in the season. Uh, they have to win this game. I mean, look, you just got, it was embarrassing 
losing to the Raiders, if we're going to be absolutely honest. I mean, I was embarrassed. I was talking all kinds of Raider trash, and it, it's hard to eat that and eat some of that crow, especially when you, you got to take that L coming out of Las Vegas on top of some injuries. So yeah. uh, the Broncos need to humble themselves. And, you know, I was listening, doing some work today and uh, listening to my iPod, and then all of a sudden Kendrick Lamar comes on and Humble comes on. And I'm starting to think maybe these Broncos need to humble themselves just a tad bit. The good thing is, at least from everything they're saying publicly, we get a few days and we get to play again in front of the whole country, the whole world, and try to prove ourselves the next week. So you can hope that they back those words up. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy Sean in here. Good evening, Broncos country. Patrick uh, Wiltsey coming in here. Patrick's our guy out there in Hawaii with Lion Coffee. Uh, afternoon, boys. Always good to see you, Patrick. Uh, Jake Hozad saying Broncos need to get some confidence with a double-digit win. You know what? I don't even care. Any I think win. the comments <laughs> down here, yeah, win by one, win by a hundred. I mean, the hundred would be pretty great. Um, but uh, winning by one, that I'll take it. And our course, superstars coming in here, Phil McLaughlin. Hello, Nick and Luke and Deacon Scott. Great to see you survive, Nick. Yeah, we did. Uh, can we move glass to center? Go Broncos. Hashtag oh, MHH. God. Life. No, absolutely not. He is getting blown off the ball at right guard. Kush is just doing a little bit better because he's younger and can move better. Doesn't have all those problems in the knees, ankles, and feet like Graham Glasgow does. Uh, look, this is what we thought was going to happen. And I'm honestly waiting for Natani Moody to come in. Well, let's try something different. Um, you know, when are some of these guys going to heal up? Billy Turner out there questionable with a knee right now for the game. Um, Broncos country's waiting to see his second act, if you will, as a Denver Bronco. The longstanding Packer playing for Aaron Rodgers had a lot of success in Green Bay, but he's done zip. Not a nothing here with the Denver Broncos, our one-year right tackle lease. So it's super frustrating when you look at the offensive line. You go back, you chart the film, and you see everybody just getting pushed, blown off the ball. There's missed assignments. At times, there's some freelancing, and there's reverting bad habits. It's not just Garrett Bowles. I think Dalton Reisner sometimes is a little too active before his pre-snap motions and and getting the, the ultimate play set up, and he just needs to go out there and play football. I mean, that's what this is. I don't know what Butch Berry and the interactions look like there but there's definitely a problem going on with the broncos offense yeah definitely talking about problems with the offense we got chad jensen know that one coming in here saying nick what do you say about eric's complaint about hackett sequencing being too predictable i feel like he's been too reactionary week to week so far uh with his play calling and as far as the sequencing goes i'm having a hard time getting into the play calls themselves being poor or like the timing of the play calls being poor because right now the players are not executing. Uh, you have easy passes that are open over the middle of the field that Russell Wilson is turfing. Um, there's like two or three every game. What the heck is going on there? The guy's open. Cortland's sitting on a slant, and he bounces that at his feet. Can't have that. The offensive line is getting blown up at the point of attack. You can't run outside zone because Reisner can move, but he can't sustain any blocks. Cushionberry can't block or move. And then you have Glasgow, who's actually doing, a, I think, a pretty good job with when he's actually on somebody but he can't he can't get outside and climb the ladder so um the sequencing i guess you could uh you could complain about that and I, i'm not gonna disagree with eric on that one at all but it's so far down the line of issues for me with this offense right now because they can't even do the simple things um so to get on the sequencing is a it's hard for me yeah, and the sequencing is hard for me, too. I wish there was sequencing because then it would make, make some sort of sense to me. Um, predictable? Uh, hard to say. When Albert Okawebunam was out there, the argument could be made, we know it's going to be a pass, and then he plays one snap. So I can certainly see what Eric's saying on that end. But, man, it's been sporadic. It is so hard to figure out, and we see it in the chat over and over again, identity, identity, identity. You can't hang your hat 
really on anything as an offense. Running the ball? No. Throwing the ball? No. I mean, the Denver Broncos are currently ranked 25th in the NFL for a 61.1 completion percentage. That is a horrible offense right there. Now, defense, that's another story. But this offense is just not clicking. Yeah, and it's not clicking. And this is, again, coming back to bringing in Russell Wilson in Seattle, no matter what the scheme was or the offense coordinator, it always devolved into this big chunk home run, get outside the pocket, broken play kind of offense. And you see people in the Broncos media right now, like hammering, like look at all these 20 plus yard completions and stuff that the Broncos have so far. Yeah, we knew that coming in. The, the real issue is you, you cannot simply live. It's way too volatile and variable well, week to week. Yeah. You can't just live on the big play. So it's either the run game or the quick game. Right now, the run game is not working because you lost Javonta Williams. The offensive line is trash. Um, and also, Russell Wilson, blame it on the height. Blame it on the type of quarterback he is. Blame it on his, I guess, struggles to throw out at different arm slots and whatnot that you see from within structure versus the broken play where the quick game also isn't working. So, like, where are we at? Like, you, you can't do either of those. You're not moving the football besides chunk plays. Yeah, I do wonder if he's trying to transition himself into a new breed of quarterback a la Tom Brady. Maybe if I take care of myself a little longer now, I'll be able to play. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not saying he's holding anything back, but I, at times I feel like he's too safe. Uh, you know, he's got one one interception to Matt Ryan's five, right? Five touchdowns, five interceptions for Matty Ice as a Colt. Uh, Lawrence Rivera weighing in saying, hey, guys, I feel the defense is working because we're not forcing a certain defense and the offense isn't working because we're pushing the West coast when it's not working. Is that ever going to change? I think Lawrence is onto something here. I mean, you can't try to jam that round peg into the square hole over and over again and expect a different result. Yeah, no, it's not working right now, but like I, I've been saying over and over again on here, let's give it eight weeks. Let's see what it looks like in eight weeks because there's enough yes. of a sample size then different types of opponents, uh, I think right now we have enough of a sample size to say that this offensive line, especially in the run blocking department is not good enough. Uh, but, uh, the other aspects of the offense, can they get it going? And we saw KJ Hamler get the 55 yard touchdown. We need to get more of that out there. We need to get more, uh, Jerry Judy involved right now. It's Cortland Sutton and even more so with, uh, the issues with, uh, Javante Williams going down, but, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, eight games though. And this is one where the Broncos need to get it right, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm concerned. Uh, Kenneth Booker coming in 499 super good to see Kenneth says do Hi, you see uh do you think with Montreal playing so on special teams they need to implement him in the offense to give the offense some life also it's nice to, nice to see KJ Hamler just talking about KJ yeah especially with Javonta Williams in here you need to figure out ways to run the football and work in quick quick hitters and to me if that means you know using Montreal Washington on God forbid jet sweeps or some sort of run actions back there. He's not going to go back there and be Debo Samuel or Cordell Patterson. He's not six foot, 230 pounds, like a running back tight end wide receiver type, but there could be a few plays in there design wise, where you get this guy a ball high percentage uh, play and a chance to break something, uh, ex break an explosive. Can he run the ball? I mean, seriously, you got Kyle Shanahan out there handing the ball off to whoever the hell he wants to and find some success. I'm not saying that's a trend. I'm not saying go be reckless and just put Cortland Sutton back there and ask for, you know, a 32 ISO or anything like that. But I mean, you got to come up with something, uh, some sort of spark. And if your quarterback's not going to do it, your offensive line's struggling, running the ball is going to be hard. KB, appreciate you so much, man. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for all the support. KB, a good friend. And, uh, 
former contributor here at MHH. One of the fam, man. One of the best. Kevin Adamson coming in with a very generous $10 super. Thank you for joining MHI with Nick and yours truly. And Kevin saying, I wouldn't be surprised if Latavius Murray comes in and takes the starting job. He's big. He can block. And he doesn't fumble. I absolutely love it. I like Latavius Murray. I was happy with the pickup. I was surprised that we could get it done. Uh, to be completely honest, I thought Philip Lindsay was a free agent. I didn't know he was on the practice squad. I remember when the Colts had released him, but I didn't know they had re-signed re him to the practice squad. Still rumors, Nick, about Philip Lindsay possibly being pulled up, called up from the practice squad this game to force face his former team. Probably, I would say it's probable with uh, the information that Jonathan Taylor is going to be out. As far as Murray comes in, Melvin Gordon's a more dynamic player right now, but like I mentioned at the start of the show, if he fumbles the ball again, I mean, God, is Melvin Gordon even on this team if John Williams gets hurt? I don't know at this point, uh, but I think that... Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Family dinners were the first thing I was homesick for when I moved out. The warmth of laughter, the smell of dad's pork roast filling the house. Mm, dad's pork roast. There's nothing quite as comforting as the smell of home-cooked meals. That's why I learned to make my dad's recipes. Now, this house is finally starting to smell like home. Good food, good traditions. One great meal. Come together with Swift. Uh, Melvin Gordon's going to be given not every chance, but he's going to be the guy who gets the shot here. And there's like, listen, this is a do or die moment. You mess up again and we're going to have to go elsewhere. But it's not just, I mean, Melvin Gordon's fumbles are the, the ones that hurt the most, but like Mike Boone missing blocks out there this week, dropping balls as well. Uh, it's it's not been good. Uh, unfortunately, that whole uh, run game these last few weeks, which is uh, unfortunate uh, because there was some hope there early on. But what can you do? Uh, but yeah, Murray coming in, he looked good in the London game. Don't expect him to be active in this game uh, coming back from London playing Thursday night. But uh, we'll see. It's definitely a needed yeah. addition and a good body type. He might be tired, but you know what? Like, I'm not going to try to oversimplify it. Maybe I will just a little bit. It's running back. I mean, come on, man. He, he's going to be a sub in this game, I hope, if he even dresses. Uh they could also pull up one of their own practice squad running backs. It's going to be hard. We'll get to the injury report here soon, too, uh, right before we hit mid-hour. But let's get to the Boogie Meister. Absolutely love that name. A $10 super. Thank you so much for joining MHI. Man, what is going on with Quinn Miners and Billy Turner? This is getting old. We need to figure it out. Tomorrow is going to be a tough game. By the way, hey, Nick, how was the backpacking trip? By the way, it's glad I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, no, backpacking trip was good. Had a lot of fun and uh, surviving <laughs> so far. A little bit tired, but uh, that's okay. It's a, it's a good kind of tired. I'm a type two 
fun kind of person. You know, sometimes the, the beach with a drink and whatnot is, is okay for a bit, but I get bored. I want to go out there and, you know, work for something. Uh, Timothy Cotton coming in here too, saying, Luke, love your analysis, but I disagree with you on Gordon. We'll do it big time. Well, God, you know what? I think I hope so. Luke is Luke is definitely a naysayer on Gordon, and he's been proven right so far this season, four Two fumbles years. in four games. Two years I've been saying it, man. And, and look, I'm tired of it too. I'm, it's getting, I'm trolling him and all this stuff, man. I'm tired of it too because it's not fun on Sundays or on Thursdays, no. on Mondays, whenever the hell the Broncos are playing. It's not fun. And I will say this about Melvin Gordon. He didn't get to the NFL by accident. Uh, he, look, he he's worked hard. He's got talent. I just... Man, for whatever reason, it just hasn't been a good fit. That's the dirty secret about the NFL, specifically at quarterback. But at running back, I suppose you can make that uh, that distinction as well as MG and, and the Broncos are still trying to figure each other out. Uh, what, here in year three now? Is that how yep. long Melvin's been here? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely been uh, unfortunate, but uh, he's going to get a chance now. And God, we are pulling for him to figure it out because Broncos are going to need him to work it out. Uh, we got Lawrence coming back and saying, I'm wearing 30 tomorrow. There's a reason Lindsay got the okay to wear that number. Hope he balls out. If he gets a chance, maybe then Peyton will eat, eat a crow. I'm not cheering against the Broncos. Uh, so I'm hoping. Yeah, Lindsay, me too. You know, I hope he gets, I hope he gets his ass laid out. No, yeah. none of that. None of that. No, obviously you don't want anybody to get hurt. Phil, man, here's the thing. I posted it on my Twitter immediately after the game. Phil Lindsay is not the answer, folks, in my opinion. Now, maybe George Payton brings him back. I'm proven wrong. It wouldn't be the first time. But that ship has sailed. Go look at the stats. He really hasn't done much with Houston, Miami. Now, whether or not they utilized him the right way, whether or not the Broncos utilized him the right way towards the end of his time here, it's hard to say. I get the fumble narrative of, look, this guy doesn't fumble. You've got a running back that does fumble. There was the battle between the two. All that stuff, I get it. But I just... I don't think you go backwards. I think you have to go forwards. Latavius Murray is here for a reason as well. Rodney Garcia weighing in. Our guy. Hope you're doing well, Rodney. Thank you. Where the heck is Albert O? Why is he only getting one snap last game? Such a waste. I mean, Luke, do you ever play poker in your life? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's fun. Yeah. Now imagine you're playing poker out there against everybody, but uh, you have to show two of your cards every single time nobody else does but you have to show two cards every time that's essentially what it's like playing with albert about alberto quabenam on the Ooh. offense right now because he is freaking horrible as a blocker yet i think he was one blocking snap last week against the 49ers what was it one sack one. one for one i mean just he's he's horrible i think the week before the broncos had him out there and he didn't play a single run blocking rep uh so it's i mean it's a tell and he's also not i mean he's a big athlete but he's not that dynamic as an athlete at tight end where it's like okay let's just play him at wide receiver he's still a tight end uh so if he if he's that detrimental as a blocker you're not gonna have him out there because he tips your hand and a lot of what you're trying to do out there offensively is catching the off the opposing defense off balance not doing that with okay but i'm on the field no, and and he's just he's the telltale, I guess, if you were to find a trend with the Broncos offense, because you know he's not going to be in to block. Eric Saubert and Eric Tomlinson are serviceable tight ends in the passing game, and Russ has relied on him really outside of Cortland Sutton. There hasn't been much success for the receiving core outside of Jerry Judy's big, I think, 60-some yard touchdown a few weeks back. Uh, look, this receiving core has got to figure it out with Russell Wilson's. They're not on the same page as him. He is not on the same page as them. Don't be surprised if this is maybe a coming out party for the air raid. Look, our running game is, is horrible. 
We know it right now. What does our quarterback love to do best? Throw bombs. Well, let's go throw some bombs. Are you okay with turnovers? Because you're probably going to get some playing that type of football, slinging muddy backyard football style like Russell Wilson used to do. Um, I'm okay with it. If, if it gets you a win, if it protects your quarterback, you keep him up. Uh, he's also designed. Look, he's a thick boy. We've talked about that before, too. He, he can take a hit. He can absorb um, a tackle. He knows how to go to the ground, and he knows how to – hug that sideline so i'd like to see some russ wilson vintage just screw it let's go air it out then if the run's not working completely abandon it don't play this we're going to try to keep the snaps 50 50 with the run in the pass plays because it doesn't do you any damn good when you're looking at the box score as the loser yeah absolutely and we had a comment come in here from jeremy bales i'm looking for it right now trying to play a producer and uh hosting here but the jeremy bills over on facebook said can't take the colts like likely same situation as last year with the browns they ran all over us yeah no mm-hmm. absolutely and this broncos team right now they are not good enough to have the i guess leeway to overlook anybody you, you got to look at yourself right now um but looking at the colts as we make that transition uh my biggest concern about this colts game this upcoming week and you kind of heard me rant about it on here a tad but it's the Colts interior defensive line. You talked earlier about the edge rushers, Yannick Ngakwe, Quiddy Pay. Those guys are good. Uh, but the thing that I think makes the this Colts defense talented, or at least the area where they're the most talented, is that interior triangle. What do you mean by that, Nick? The two interior defensive linemen and uh, Leonard there at Shaquille Leonard, f- formerly known as Darius Leonard, at linebacker. But specifically, it's the interior defensive linemen. And with how bad the Broncos have been on the interior defensive line this game, that right there, if the Broncos get obliterated in that matchup, you're losing this game. And uh, the, who the two defensive linemen I'm talking about on the Colts, DeForest Buckner, the uh, the Colts traded a first-round pick a couple years ago for him. He's a top-five interior defensive lineman. He is massive, he is long, and he is going to beat the absolute pulp out of whoever he's up against on this Broncos interior offensive line. And unfortunately, also, uh, probably one of the more unheralded interior defensive linemen in football, Grover Stewart. Uh, they gave him a pretty good contract last year. He came from Southern Alabama, I want to say. very. He went to a small school. Loved him coming out. I think he was a Shrine Bowl and then a Senior Bowl standout as well. Both those guys, uh, really good interior defensive linemen. The Broncos, man, they're, they're going to get destroyed up front again. Uh, five weeks in a row, the interior offensive line, I guess ever since Quinn Miners has gone out. Yeah, Quinn Miners out with that hamstring. When the Broncos are feeling the effects of that still. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you look at that, I mean, obviously you mentioned Shaq Leonard, Shaquille Leonard. He's not going to go. He's going to be out for the Colts this week, along with, of course, the biggest news of the day for the Colts and this game, rather, running back Jonathan Taylor is out. That ankle is not looking good for him right now. He's I, I was watching um, the network, if you want to call it that, and they said this was his first practice. He's missing, like, ever last week. So this is the second one. Uh, and it's like, wow, man, that's just an Iron Man, even, even in practice. But Naheem Hines, get familiar with that name because he's no joke either uh they had a really good one-two punch last year struggling a little bit this year in the running game and that offensive line uh they've got talent but they're not putting it together either and it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize their running backs as well is philip Lindsay going to try to catch a little i see it in the in the chat here phil can't catch they're not utilizing him the right way Never had a chance, all these sorts of things. We will see on Thursday night. And here's our guy, GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer, coming in, a great friend of the show. What's up, Nick, Luke, and Scott? Whatever it takes, go Broncos. Absolutely love it, Gary. Thank you so much for all your support, sir. Yeah. And uh, just talking about looking at this game right now, I see a comment in here from somebody, just how crazy the parody has been in the league this year. Colts, you know, they've looked poor this season in a lot of games. This team beat Kansas City. 
uh, just a couple weeks ago. And Kansas City then went into Tampa Bay and put up 41, I think, 31 or 41 mm-hmm. on Tampa Bay's defense, who had been like allowing single digits before that. So uh, it's crazy week to week. You definitely can't lo- overlook anybody. And this Broncos team coming off of a short week and a disheartening game to the Raiders uh, could easily lose this game. I think, the, uh, do you know what the line is, Luke, on this one? Uh, I think uh, plus 150 on Indy, plus three on the spread. So Denver's favored by three? Yep. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mm-hmm. Okay, that be that sounds about right. But yeah, no. According it's a... to yeah, according to Yahoo Sports here, real quick as I pull it up. So yeah, I mean they're they're pretty close. And and to add to your point, I mean we're we're saying Indy's no joke, and then we say Jonathan Taylor's out, and people are looking at us like, are you guys crazy? No, when you look at it, I mean they've got what the sixth ranked offense in the NFL for passing yards, just over a thousand at eleven twenty five. They're tenth in completion percentage with Matt Ryan at a sixty six point two percent. The good news, I guess, for Broncos country, they give up a lot of sacks, right? And when Matt Ryan gets hit, when he's under pressure, he loves to fold and give that ball up. So defense needs to come away with a turnover. They've only got one right now this season. That is not good enough. Paul coming in saying, isn't it fun to be on prime time while struggling? I was thinking about that today. I mean, they're one and one right now in prime time. We're going to figure out what's going to happen here on Thursday Night Football, but when it's good, it's good. And when we beat the Niners, we, of course, because we were out there, when the Broncos beat the 49ers, that felt really good, even if it was by the hair on our chinny-chin-chins. The Seattle game, you were there. That was embarrassing. That hurt. That stung. Uh, laughing stock still a little bit of the league. The Broncos uh, have become the joke of the of the league for a little bit. And it's tough, man, to see your team struggling on prime time. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, just bringing it back to the Raiders game here real quick. And we got Nick D coming in PS2 versus Michael Pittman. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Uh, no doubt. They have uh, some some OK talent there on Indy on the offensive side. Falling apart, though, a tad. Uh, but takeaways in the Raiders game. What what disappointed you the most? For me, it was the the run defense of the Broncos and specifically the linebackers. As much as Josie Jewell looked good in that first game, I thought he struggled versus the Raiders. Uh, Kareem Jackson missing a few tackles here and there. Caden Stearns not coming in run lanes as well. And the defensive line, even. I mean, Draymond Jones and I thought 
DJ Jones had some splash plays uh, here and there, but just the consistency against Jacobs, but the guy who the goat and not the good kind of goat in this game for me, the other one uh, that maybe starting position needs to be questioned going forward with how bad he played is a, uh, Oh my God, Jonas Griffith. He was dreadful in this game, constantly guessing wrong hips turned the wrong way, uh, missing tackles. And I know that he's the exciting young athletic specimen that people want as the linebacker, but, I mean, if he struggles like that again against the Colts with their misdirection and stuff that they can do out there, their run game it might be Alex Singleton coming in there at halftime. Oh man. They might have to use a combination too, because when you look at the Colts and what the Colts did, well, rather their utilization of tight end Moali Cox, uh, that guy dominated against the Titans defense. That is pretty damn good. Last time I checked six receptions for 85 yards, two touchdowns, four first downs. And, and the Titans are no, no cakewalk. Uh, Mike Vrabel is, is a very, very competent defensive coordinator, if you will, and head coach. Uh, yeah, the linebackers are definitely disappointing. We talked about the offensive line being disappointing. I thought Russ settled down a little bit more, um, but I see a lot of wide receivers kind of quitting on their routes a little bit. When I feel like at this mo- point in time, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but Kendall Hinton is the best option at wide receiver that's not named Cortland Sutton. Um, Jerry Judy's got all the talent in the world. Sure, go back, look at if he can get open, look at if he can shake guys. It's just there's no chemistry with him and Russell Wilson right now. KJ Hamler, he got his first catch, folks. I know we all like KJ. We want him to go off, but he's not being utilized the right way either. I mean, one catch, that is it for KJ Hamler. Let's run quick slants. Let's do something. I mean, simple. Let's simplify this. And if that means we're going to get beat on a three and out because the defense just outmanned us, I can live with that. But right now, this is just incompetent offense, and it you know pisses people off. I don't blame them. Yeah, and it's uh, it's unfortunate, uh, but this team seems to be bad, closer to a uh, 500 team than a legitimate Super Bowl contender as it's currently constructed. But let's see how it all uh, plays out. Duke Rose coming in here saying, can you imagine if Gordon fumbles, how many boos he's going to get? <laughs> you know, do your job. If this the people pay a lot of money and time to go to these games and uh, they have a right to that displeasure. Now, I'd rather hope that uh, people would be come into this game because again, I'm going to say it, the Broncos are going to need Melvin Gordon to figure it out, protecting the football. If this team is going to make the playoffs this year, because he is your most dynamic uh, running threat. Now, I think by far, I'm sorry, Latavius Murray last season looked pretty cooked to me. I know it was a one game sample size where he looked okay last week, but I, I'm not buying it as far as him long-term and Boone. I mean, had hope for Boone, but then last week, just super inconsistent. So Melvin Gordon, protect the football, man, because, the Broncos need you. Maybe Broncos country is not ready to buy that yet, but the Broncos, damn, I think the Broncos damn well need him. Uh, yeah, they've needed him for years. And, you know, I, he is what he is. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I mean, I just, I have such a problem with his lack of accountability, how he ha- has handled himself here. I just, I don't get it. I'm scratching my head, but you're right. He's going to be utilized. Whether I like it or not, he has to be. And, um, you know, maybe that's a little bit of a punishment in its own right. You can't hide from it. You got to go out there and face it. And we're going to see. We're going to see how much of a professional he is, like Nathaniel Hackett claims that he is. And his teammates have, you know, gone to bat for him. You got to respect that. No one's running him over the bus or running him over with the bus like he did Drew Locke, right? With the whole, you got to fake it till you make it, bro. I mean, and now he's the one exiting press conferences. I don't get it. Broncos country certainly has a right to be upset with this man. Um, There's a lot of conversation on the airwaves and in in Mile High City right now, Nick, on whether or not he's going to get booed to begin with. If he's Mm -hmm. out there in the first running play, will he be booed? I hope not. 
because yeah. I think that's a bit of an overreaction. But I mean, overreaction. Look at all this money being paid to Russell Wilson. Look at the change in ownership and coaching, all the expectations we've bought into with the let's ride slogan and everything else. It's confusing times right now for sure, and definitely uh reactionary times. Yeah, no, really reactionary times. And I mean that's the fun of the league, right? We can get mad about this stuff and huff and puff because it <laughs> you know beats the hell out of screaming into the void. Uh Zebulon coming in here saying if Gordon fumbles again, he might have to put on a coat and a hat and hide on the sidelines. He might get stuff thrown at him. I mean, it, it'll be relentless booze and not <laughs> not wrongfully. I mean, he's a human being, but I mean, God, it's it's so it's outside the range of norms how much he's fumbled it so far this season. It's like you have one job at this point. I think Justin out and even talking about maybe not fighting as hard for extra yards. Just go down. I mean, how we're talking, you know, middle school kind of football coaching. there. like, oh, you know, you keep getting your bell rung. Maybe you should go down sooner, uh, which is it's frustrating, but it's where we are right now with the uh, the fumble issues. And it seems maybe even a case of the yips. Um, but uh, hopefully we'll get it figured out here because, again, I think the Broncos are really going to need him if they're going to be making the playoffs. Um, and we got. Nick D saying he's a human that gets paid millions of dollars. Yeah, he is. And that's why he's, it's okay to criticize him. But at the end of the day, you know, it's, he's still a human being. We don't have to get personal uh, with it, which is sometimes people cross that line. Criticize he the crosses, play. He crosses it too. It's a line that we all, I say we, I know I've crossed it before. He's crossed it before. And like you said, you try not to make it personal or anything like that. But it's just at this point, I'm at the point now where it's like Nathaniel Hackett, Justin Outen, this is on you. Like if this man fumbles tomorrow, how much is it really on Melvin Gordon at that point? Considering you do have other running backs on your team. I know, I know, I know none of them are named, you know, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook or anything like that. But look, it, it, not too long ago, we were talking about a punt returner named Isaiah McKenzie, who was put back time and time again and fumbling the ball on punts. And now all of a sudden he's being utilized in a different way up in Buffalo and things are working out for him. I mean, it's sometimes it's change of scenery. I don't know, but I hold the coaching responsible. If, if Melvin Gordon fumbles it period uh, drops a ball period, it's on the coaches at that point, because you've seen what you've seen, but you definitely wonder uh, how short that leash is. Uh, my Ed, Ed Swayze, my guy coming in saying we should have drafted Chad Muma. You know it. Um, I absolutely loved that cat coming out of wyoming i love everybody coming out of wyoming up there i got this wyoming thing going in the past few years mckenzie's looking great in buffalo says rodney garcia uh did you catch that buffalo baltimore game at all last weekend yeah, or, great game. Oh, man what a what a great game lamar jackson josh allen two good solid defenses in the weather that's what you want coming in fall football yeah no absolutely it'll be yeah, hopefully the Broncos can figure it out. And Jeff Noise, yeah, so much negativity. Sorry, Jeff, if it's coming in here. Is Russ cleared to play tomorrow with a shoulder injury? It does sound like Russ is going to play. But, Luke, I think you had an injury report uh, that uh, we wanted to get into with some guys officially out and some questionable yeah. as well. Yeah, so right now you've got outside linebacker slash edge Jonathan Cooper with a hamstring out. Safety PJ Locke, concussion out. Offensive guard Quinn Miners, hamstring out. Offensive linebacker Aaron Patrick, concussion. That's a big one for special teams for me real quick. My quick little anecdote. You go back and you watch film, at least for special teams. Yes, I've started to do that. Uh, Aaron Patrick is in on so many different tackles. He's got great hustle. So that's a bummer for your special teams. Questionable, you have wide receiver Tyree Cleveland with a hamstring. All these hamstrings, Nicks. Uh, cornerback Darius Phillips, hamstring. Offensive tackle Billy Turner with that knee. And then you've got the full go. Sajan, right here. 
breathe that sigh of relief. Quarterback Russell Wilson, full go with a shoulder. Running back Melvin Gordon with a neck. Offensive guard Dalton Reisner with an ankle. Safety Caden Stearns with a hip slash chest. And then cornerback Haywan Williams with a wrist. Um, of course, the news of the week that was horrible. Javante Williams out on IR, ACL, LCL tear, and then Randy Gregory on injured reserve awaiting surgery as well. The Broncos got some nasty injury news this week, Nick, and uh, it's tough. It's tough that way in the league. It's never comes at a good time. Hopefully it happening early allows George Payton a little bit more time to maneuver and make some different moves. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, and also, this is where you hope your second round pick steps up saying somebody said we should have drafted Muma. Well, now's the time for Benito. He's going to get a chance uh, yeah. to play this week. And uh, Baron Brown as well, who flashed a lot in uh, the offseason and some early on. Then did he have a hamstring injury Did he he suffered some sort of injury that was on the injury Who's that? Uh, Baron Browning. Uh, Baron wasn't on. Yeah, he wasn't on there. I, like an ankle or a lower leg, ankle. maybe or yeah, something think, like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I think you're right. Um, so, you know, this is the NFL, uh, things happen like that, but uh, hopefully this is a get right game for the Broncos defense. We, this seemed like early on, this defense was going to be the backbone of this team. And last week they looked pretty poor. Unfortunately, I think for the first time this season, I guess, besides the first half of the Seattle game looked pretty damn poor. This is a get right game for the Broncos though. Uh, Luke DVOA, uh, obviously you're familiar with it. Football outsiders, the Indianapolis Colts dreadful, according to DVOA this season. Their DVOA uh, so far, and it's only through four weeks, so obviously there's still not a lot of raw data being fed into the formula, but 32nd, dead last in the NFL and DVOA so far this season, 30th in pass DVOA, and also 32nd in rush DVOA. Now they're going to be out without Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I know that we're going to miss Randy Gregory, no doubt, but this is a game where Broncos defense, I think, should get it right, uh, getting after the quarterback and stopping it. It's just, can they... Can they win the first quarter? Because I think if the Broncos can get a lead and pin their ears back and make it easier for them up front, uh, then it's going to play. But if they're playing from like immediately like the Seahawks game, march down the field, you're down by seven after the first drive. That's when your sphincters tighten a little bit and the game can get ugly. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and speaking of of just ugly and, and some play that's just nasty ugly, and I absolutely love it lately, is Draymond Jones, your bae. Everyone else is bae, right? It's taking me a little while to come around on this cat. He's playing at a very high level right now, and I'm looking forward to some of these battles. I mean, Quinn Miners and Draymond Jones, sign me up. I know everybody wants to see PS2 and Pittman, but this cat, one thing you can say about – Ijiro Evero's defense is he loves to use the versatility with his edge and inside defenders. He moves them around. He flip-flops them. He stacks different sizes. He overloads, tries to disguise some blitzes, twists, turns. Absolutely love it. Uh, I'm really excited to see Draymond Jones in this game. It's at home. He loves to fire up the crowd. He's got that fiery Ohio State personality. Uh, it's really, really interesting, to say the least. Mike Beck coming in here, taking up all our room. Mike, thanks for joining the show. Did you guys get the press briefing about uh, Russell Wilson and Melvin Gordon, the fact he is a number two or number four running back in rushing yards and touchdowns? Yeah, look, Melvin Gordon is definitely a professional. He's, he's got, I don't know if I want to, I don't want to say pelts on the wall, but he is a proven commodity, if you will. He is what he is. He's a tall, lengthy, physical running back that can run in between the tackles. He has the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And for an aging running back, he's still moving pretty well. He's known for explosive legs. And I think the tail is definitely out 
of the tape on Melvin Gordon. And if you're a Colts defender, you're going to be batting at that ball. Yeah, no, it's uh, thanks for the comments uh, there, Mike. Sorry, we couldn't get all of it. Uh, ran out of chat uh, room here on the characters. But, uh, you know, what's Russell Wilson supposed to say? You know, he's going to go out there and hype his guy up. And that's just always what Russell Wilson's done. There's a reason he's the quarterback and gotten to where he has. So uh, if he came out there and said anything negative about Russell or about Melvin Gordon, then then you take notice. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he did the right thing. And again, we're pulling for Gordon to get it right. Uh, what is DVA DVOA? It's a uh, it's essentially an advanced analytic uh, that is a power ranking, uh, if you will, or a score uh, that is used by the football outsiders. Uh, it stands for defensive adjusted value over average. Again, really nerdy analytic stuff here. Um, but they kind of look like not just the raw outcome of the stats teams put out, but what the their opponents and what their average is. So like if you play four crappy opponent opponents, but you score really high, you're going to be dinged a bit. But if you play four great opponents and you score average, you're going to get a little bit of a bump on it. So they kind of um, adjust it based on who you are playing right now or who you yeah, have played. Exactly. I know it sounds like a scary term. It's not. It's like anything else you do in your life, right? You're looking for trends. You're looking mm-hmm. for spikes. You're looking for all these sorts of things, whether that be on your budget, your mortgage, taxes, what paycheck, what have you. You account for these things. Well, this is a tool that essentially – I don't know if I really want to dumb it down. I like to think it it grades a specific play against the rest in the league based on the same sort of scenarios and dependent variables, if you will. Um, that's kind of how I look at it. It's a measuring stick. It's a tool. Uh, it's really, really interesting. It's it's to me, it shows a little bit more data than some of the blank data that I like to glance at. Like, oh, the Broncos are currently 25th in the league in completion percentage. Uh, you know, they've got. 20 they're 23rd in touchdowns only throwing four but there's five other teams that still have four well those are nice things to know but it really doesn't get into some of those scenarios that how how do we get there and who were they facing and you know those things tend to matter a little bit and the broncos have hired themselves a new analytics guy speaking of analytics and you, you got a lot of fans out there nick as i know we start to wrap up our show wondering if nathaniel hackett's ever going to surrender play calling duties you know maybe this is just a little bit too much and um i don't think there's anything wrong with having an offensive coordinator call the plays and have a head coach manage the team i know that several head coaches do it in the league but i don't know if it's an ego thing i don't know if He's afraid to let out and do it. I, I don't know what it is. What say you when, when fans come up and say, Nick, I think Hackett needs to surrender play calling. I think it's too early for that still. I think that the issue is more so the pieces and the injuries in the pieces and the inadequacy, specifically the offensive line, uh, more so than the play calling with Hackett. So hopefully they still get a time to figure it out. But I'll tell you, man, if it's the end of the season and we're still having issues here, if Russell Wilson, you know, has it has it, especially if Russell Wilson has, has an issue with it, I would be not totally unsurprised if Hackett was out. Uh, right now, I think that's not likely. I'd say it's probably a ninety percent he's back, ten percent he's out kind of situation. But uh, I don't think you should give up play calling just yet. If we're eight, ten weeks in, and Russell Wilson is having some issues with him, which maybe Russell Wilson is part, you know, he's not absolved of blame on this uh, the offensive output either. But uh, that's that's what I'm looking for right now, and I think. Keep keep him in there. You brought him in here for that reason. Let him do his job. Yeah, if there's going to be turnover, I think Butch Berry is going to be the first one to go. Yeah. Uh, and would, all the signs are kind of pointing that direction. No one's ever wanting anyone to lose their job. But look, it's, it's the reality of the NFL. These men knew what they were signing up to do. Maybe there's a lot of time to turn it around, but it starts with trust. And uh, that offensive line, things are certainly a little shaky in that room. Colin coming in here with a decent question. Uh, are we a great opponent or a crappy opponent? 
How do you think the Colts are looking at the Broncos right now? I think that's a really interesting question. Trying to remove yourself, take your fan hat, those orange glasses off for a second. And you're thinking, man, how are the Colts looking at us in Indy right now? Is this going to be a comeback game for them? Try to rewrite their season and get to two, two and one, (laughs) or the Broncos going to get a winning record again at three and two. I think they do end up winning this game. I think it's going to be ugly. I flipped my pick after the Jonathan Taylor news came out. Uh, I think that's a big enough thing here. I mean, even with Jonathan Taylor, they had one of the worst rushing offenses in football. EPA per play right now, guys. Broncos are third worst in the entire NFL. Not good enough. Uh, But hopefully it'll get a little bit uh, better there this week. (laughs) Maybe not this week against Colts, but going forward. Uh, But I think this Colts team, without Jonathan Taylor, as long as the Broncos go out there and not make stupid mistakes, uh, not lose the penalty game, not lose the special teams game, and not lose the uh, turnover margin, uh, they should win this game. Michael coming in saying he's going to keep it real. Russ barely had chemistry. He thinks about his MVP legacy and money. We're just hearing about him now because Seattle has nothing to lose by revealing this info. And Seahawks fans that surround you and chirp you daily, I'm sure. Uh, I will quickly point. Look at Gino, 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 Gino. Save that thought and let's talk at the end of the season. The thing I'm learning, it, Nick, and I'm a little, it's there's no shame in saying you got to learn something, but this is taking time. <laughs> That's what I'm learning right now. This thing is going to take time and things look a lot different with the live bullets flying, if you will, than what I saw in training camp. What I saw in training camp looked great. People were there, it was packed. Cowboys dominant performance the Broncos had over them and then you get to the real football and now they're being tested and I want to see them how do how do you come out after you just got embarrassed in Las Vegas to the Raiders the winless Raiders with Josh freaking McDaniels who everyone in the Rocky Mountain Mile High region Broncos country MHH we can't stand that was horrible Nick absolutely horrible yeah, and uh, Zebulon gave me a hard time. And Nick says if we uh, play perfect, then we win the game. I'm not saying they have to play perfect, but they cannot lose every single damn metric. Um, pl- this last week, the penalties, 7 for 50 versus 425. Lost that. Turnover battle, 1 to 0. <laughs> lost that. Uh, what was the other one that I was getting in there? I mean, third down efficiency in this Broncos game, 3 for 11 versus 7 and 14 to the Raiders. Lost that. Uh, just not total plays, 48 to 74. Lost that. You don't have to play perfectly, but you cannot stack those metrics over and over and over again and expect to win the football game. And uh, specifically the one that gets me is turnovers. Matty, Matt Ryan is putting the ball on the turf like crazy. This Colts team, especially when they're playing from behind is turning the ball over. Can the Broncos have a first quarter offense? Can the defense uh, bow them, bow their backs or I guess flex early on uh, to keep the Colts from scoring early. So that way you can dictate the rest of the game. I don't know uh, right now. I haven't really seen that so much for the Broncos. The first uh, four games of the season, but it's still early. We don't want to bury this team just yet. Um, I know that some people is just two and two. A lot of teams are two and two. There's still plenty of time for this team to figure it out, but, uh, they'd be the first to tell you they have a long way to go. Turnovers is going to be the key. It's the key to most games, but especially when you're facing Matt Ryan, you're going to get some, you're going to get scored on, but you're going to have a lot of opportunities for turnovers or Either way, you can flip flip flop that. Say, look, you're gonna have a lot of turnovers. Maybe you'll get scored on a little bit too. Uh, Matt Ryan's game is so sporadic as well. You don't know sometimes if he's feeling it or if he's gonna sling it. One thing you do know with Matt Ryan, if you piss him off, he's not gonna go back to that same wide receiver. He likes to zero in on his targets, hence a lot of the turnovers. And when you look at this defense, uh, it bothers me. This defense only has one interception. Sometimes that's the way it goes. But what they do have going for him is six forced fumbles and three fumble recoveries. That is absolutely huge. They need to smack at the ball whether that's philip Lindsay, who's never fumbled how cool would that be 
right? Get a fumble from Philip Lindsay, kind of break that stat, if you will. Maybe he becomes a Bronco the next week. Things are weird like yeah. that, Nick. Uh, you have no idea where things are going to head. But, man, I'm really concerned about the offensive tackles in this game. The Broncos have given up 12 sacks this year. That's tied to eighth for the highest in the NFL. Russell Wilson is hanging on to the ball. His for a historically long time now i'm screaming at my tv literally and my daughter now is too is going one mississippi two mississippi i mean it's it's getting bad but the good things right well, at least we don't have to worry about the game clock the broncos seem to have fixed that by getting some guy from baltimore out of retirement yeah that's been a uh <laughs> that's been hopeful at least early on in baby steps right that's what we're wanting here bobby robbie's coming in saying great show nick and scott and uh, Mark said the other thing I was talking about was special teams. Yeah, not just that, but the Raiders pinning the ball on the one yard line. Mac Hollins uh, having a hell of a game on special teams and yeah. solid offense as well. I love Mac Hollins coming out of UNC. Uh, but um, and then the Broncos, you know, the bad snap, or I guess with the whole, I think it was a bad snap from a uh, Boban Meyer, the missed yeah. field goal from McManus, who he'll tell you that it was not his fault. Um, and then also the Broncos, <laughs> I think there was a play where <laughs> Sang Bassey um, doesn't even locate the football and it bounced to like on the seven yard line and he had plenty of time to react on it and it bounces in the end zone. That's a difference of 15 yards on that one. Uh, so again, you can't lose just stack these areas where you're losing in a football game and expect to win. Oh, expecting anything is tough, but Bradley Chubb has been playing pretty well. Rodney Garcia asking us how many sacks do we think Chubb will get? Uh, I'd be happy if he got one to be on our half, to be honest with you, this, the interior defensive line, the Jones brothers, if you will, uh, can get after Matt Ryan, if they want to, it's not going to be easy with Quentin Nelson in there, but again, he's, he's kind of it right now for the Colts. And when you look at the Broncos offense, it used to be Garrett Bowles kind of still is, is kind of it for the offensive line. And even he's having a little bit of problems. He's regressing something that I had mentioned since training camp. Just, I think that's just the natural, natural for an aging tackle that doesn't mean he's he's spent that doesn't mean you just dispense him he is your best option but there's going to be a lot of problems there uh looking at this this Colts defense and seeing if they number up or or dial up the blitz delayed blitzes twists let's throw some things at this offensive line and really make them think yeah got to get after it but i think getting a lead early is going to be the big key here on this one and winning the turnover battle we got colin wood saying uh oop it went away colin wood saying maybe billy turner will play uh, be ready to play by then. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. And RR coming in no. saying Chubb will get zero sacks. <laughs> well, oh man, he's gonna. Yeah, no, he'll get one. He'll get at least one, I think. And then maybe Baron Browning comes in and starts to shine a little bit too. He's 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 got he's got the talent. That's for damn sure. He's quick off the ball. I like his reach. I would like his hands to clean up a little bit, become a little bit more of a technician instead of relying on that raw athleticism that he uses. Uh, but Baron Browning, man, this this town can't get enough of him. They absolutely love this kid out of Ohio State. It's a little bit of a bummer that that Jonathan Cooper's out. You'd like him to contribute in some way on special teams if he could. Uh, uh, but it is what it is, and you've got to get turnovers if you're the Denver Broncos. This They're hanging their hat on their defense again. Uh, but right now, if I'm going to be honest, Nick, I'd like to see some – we talk about energy all the time with Nathaniel Hackett and the staff. Do you see any negative energy ever with the Denver Broncos? Do you ever see anybody getting like you know yelled at a little bit, a little bit dressed up? I mean, colorful language. I, I don't see any of that. I just kind of see three and out. We're going to go back to the side, clap our hands, and say, let's go, whether that be Russell Wilson or Nathaniel Hackett. I get that Russell Wilson, I'm not saying he's supposed to be a yeller or a screamer, but at least with Tom Brady, it's authentic. You know when he's pissed off. Peyton Manning was the same way. I'm not saying he needs to go and change his personality, but sometimes ownership is is letting that frustration flow together and just getting it out and exhaling it as a team. 
I think the defense has a lot of dogs and angry guys that'll, you know, bite your head off. But this is something we talked about this offseason. Who are the physical, you know, don't mess with these guys, tone setters on the offense? I mean, I guess in theory, Garrett Bowles kind of is. He's a little bit goofy, though, too, at the same time. But I <laughs> don't get that from Riser, not get it from Cushionberry, not get it from Glasgow, not get it from Fleming, not getting it from Judy. It was Javante. It was Javante. Javante was the bruiser. He was the, he was your security for your he was quiet. You know, he, he wasn't out there like, you know, getting angry. You know, he just, he'd go out there did and do you, his job. Did you see what he did to that strong safety? Yeah. He was out there pretty angry on that pass protect. Yeah. I, I, I digress, but you're exactly right. I mean, where, where is that nasty dog out there that's going to get after guys you know a mike evans if you will you know i don't need you out there fighting everybody but certainly colorful when things aren't going well either um i don't know to see some sort of that energy i think fans would connect with it a little bit more with their frustrations because it seems like they're frustrated over there but they're kind of moving on a little too quickly i think that's a that's a opinion that i'm seeing a little bit but it's hard to say tyler brooks coming in saying latavius murray's a stud and he can block great pickup we're going to see Tyler. Um, the question was out there earlier. If Billy Turner's going to play. No, I don't think he's going to play. He's probably practiced just a few times really um, with this team. And he's still on that injury report. We have to see, but whether or not you're going to see a lot of play out of Latavius Murray, I, I think it's early. I think you're one week removed from seeing Latavius Murray really on the field. And you're going to see a lot of Mike Boone. And I don't know what that means. He's a different style running back. That's for sure. He can catch. I don't want him pass blocking. But Melvin Gordon's going to get his chance, whether we like it or not. And um, that's all you can ask for as a player, right? Yeah. The rock and an opportunity. Yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, guys, it's going to have to wrap it up for us. But one real quick. So, Luke, I got the Broncos winning this game 20 to 16. Uh, where are you Ooh. at on this uh, Denver versus Indy game? Well, I didn't know we could change our picks like you did. You know, so I messaged if I knew... Chad this morning and he I don't think he did updated it. But anyway, was it was <laughs> it before or after the Jonathan Taylor news? It was after the Jonathan Taylor news. Yeah. See, I think we all would have changed our pick after that, but I'm going to stick with mine. I got the Colts winning right now. 23-17. These damn Colts have had Denver's number for a long time. It's just one of those mysterious things. It has nothing to do with personnel or what's going on on the field. Uh, but no, for me, man, Wilson's a little bit banged up. They're, he's trying to keep everything together, but this crowd is going to be restless. If they don't see immediate success, they're going to let this team know about it. Sometimes that negative energy gets picked up by the players, the coaches, and the game can kind of fall flat. But it's a close one for me. Colts 23, Broncos 17, and a change is made the following week. A dramatic change, whether that be uh, offensive play calling is given up or maybe they're hiring another guy to come out of retirement. Something is going to have to change because I don't think George Payton is going to sit idly by in that luxury suite watching this product on the field. It's too frustrating and the fans are too invested. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, going to get on out of here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Always fun to talk about these. I know the Broncos have been frustrating so far and the injuries are definitely starting to pile up, but that's football. And we got, God, three quarters of the season left to get it right. So really excited about that. And, you know, struggling football is better than no football, in my opinion. So excited to see how that goes. Jeremy saying, seriously, uh, swing the cloud saying, thanks guys. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Michael, come on, man, I'm out here in the Pacific Northwest and you don't gotta be trolling us like this. Um, but, uh, we got Michael Ronquillo coming out here saying a great show tonight, Nick and Luke on mile high insiders, Broncos country. Let's ride. And uh, make sure you guys are following Luke and I on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Patterson LP. I guess our names aren't up here. What's going on? Um, and I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you guys are following us at MHI underscore pod, uh, as well as at mile high huddle. 
And if you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And as the tech uh, ticker says underneath there, make sure you subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube. Click the bell. So that way, you know, when we go live as well, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us today. Uh, Luke, any plans before we get on out of here? No, man, right. just rocking, rocking away on uh, Thursday night football. It always makes the day go quicker, right? At, at yeah. work or whatever you're doing tomorrow, chores, whatever your to-do list is, make sure you get that all done because the Broncos are in action again. I was going to ask you real quick. I can't stand Amazon Prime. Absolutely hate it for watching Thursday night football. I am out uh, for folks in the Rocky Mountain region. I think Denver 7 is also going to be carrying it locally. But I was going to ask, what do you make of the Amazon Thursday night football experience? Because there are certainly a lot of opinions out there on it it's the way of the future um these streaming services are going to happen i think amazon is probably going to buy like a college conference at some point too and own all their games uh, so it's i mean it's, nice it's, it's coming. coming the monopoly of of streaming is going to get us all with that damn jeff bezos makes me think of that south park episode immediately he is nick kendall i am luke patterson get at us on twitter at nick kendall mhh yours truly at luke patterson lp thank you for rocking with us on mhi tonight be sure to catch all of our podcasts our other shows and get to milehighhuddle.com for your up to the news uh, up-to-date news and analysis on your denver broncos nick any more final thoughts or words of wisdom for Broncos country on the way out. Choose kindness and choose compassion. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 